0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Over the last couple of years, we've been uh, telling you about uh, the dilemma that we've been facing here in this community with Code Zeros. uh, With our our emergency services, of course, and uh, paramedics. Well, the latest numbers now from the City of Hamilton show that the uh, number of Code Zero incidents is actually decreasing significantly. Is the problem going away? Have we found the solution for it at long last? Let's uh, bring Mario Pastorero in the conversation, president, of course, of OPSU Local 256 uh, with the uh, first responders and paramedics. Mario, thanks for the time. It's good to have you with us today.
1: Good to be on, Bill. Thank you.
0: Well, t- Give me your read on what you see from these numbers that, uh, that Mr. Sanderson uh, presented uh, just a couple of days ago.
1: Uh, we get this data either through the media or through information reports to the city of Hamilton that are presented to the city of Hamilton. So what I can tell you is that, that is it's just statistically accurate. And I'll advise your listeners that um, Code Zero events have traditionally been manually tracked and underreported. But if it shows an improvement, I think that's good news. I think we have to wait for a longer period of time to assess whether there's been an improvement uh, to the degree that it's sustainable.
0: Well, uh, yeah, that's what you're looking for here is consistency, right? I mean, according to the report, uh, the first part of this year, they were, again, significant numbers, and they have decreased in the last little while. Uh, what's, what's the reason for the decrease? Because, uh, I mean, you've talked to us about potential solutions. Uh, staffing is obviously a problem. I don't think they've addressed that to any uh, significant degree. But is, is there a, a procedural change that's happened that's maybe had a, an impact on these numbers?
1: There's likely been at least a short-term renewed effort within the hospitals to move patients. Uh, we'll have to see with the upcoming flu season whether that is sustainable. Uh, What has not changed is our demographic and our increasing demand for medical service. As i reported before, uh, our older adults within the city of Hamilton outnumber that of comparable municipalities. Older adults account for approximately one-third of our calls. So uh, elderly are five times more likely to actually uh, call 911 than the non-elderly. That demographic has not changed and all indication is it's gonna continue to increase unless it's mitigated with at least the appropriate number of ambulances and the required um, uh, changes within the hospitals um, by having more beds within the community, uh, opening up those beds so patients could be moved from the hospital into those long-term care beds. this. What's being reported just might be a short-term, a short-term solution.
0: Well, you got to wonder. Yeah, your point's bang on here, Mario. I mean, it's the summer season, and maybe uh, you know that's going to change as you say. Since once they get into flu season, uh, winter time slips and falls, and things of that nature tend to increase in that time. Uh, and the numbers don't change, really, do they? I mean, you're still getting a lot of calls.
1: Yeah, the calls for medical assistance will continue to increase. I mean, that's that's indisputable. Uh, the question will be: Will funding, both at the provincial level, continue to increase and will funding at the municipal level uh, hopefully increase to the degree that we have the requisite number of ambulances to deal with demands for medical service. I can tell you in March um, with the previous Liberal government, the Ontario uh, spending watchdog stated that a growing and aging population is adding pressure to Ontario's health care system and spending isn't keeping up. A situation that could result in compromised quality of care if left unaddressed. And that was the provincial uh, fiscal watchdog. Uh, Went on to say, even the most basic services are stretched with ER wait times on the rise as hospitals become severely overcrowded. That was under the Liberal government. This current government, I think it's safe to say, is probably going to be even more fiscally responsible, uh, probably to the degree that we won't see any additional funding within the hospital sector. As a matter of fact, two or three weeks ago, within the legislature, when Hamilton's issue was brought up, the provincial government stated, and I quote, this is Hamilton's problem to solve. So we will not be seeing money from this government to deal with some of the provincial health-related issues. And if it's going to fall back on our municipal government to ensure that we have enough ambulances to deal with the increase in call demand.
0: Well, and that's why we were drawing the analogy just earlier in the hour here when we were talking about uh, what the Ford government is doing, and it sounds eerily similar to what the Mike Harris government did back in the 1990s. And, and I know when we talked about downloading and, and the impact that that has on communities, it certainly did on the Hampton community, uh, one of the elements of that that doesn't get a whole lot of play, but I think it d- deserves to, was was the cost of land ambulances, which the, at that time the government said, okay, that's the municipality's responsibility, and put a huge burden, of course, on, on property taxpayers to try to, to cover some of those costs. The, uh, so I'm uh, my concern here, Mario, is not only will there not probably be more funding coming from the province, we're not even sure if they may start downloading some of those costs back. Out of the municipality, and that's going to make it even worse.
1: That's definitely a scary proposition, uh, as you recall. I mean,
0: you, you lived now. through that, and I lived through that, and I, I, I hate to see it happen again.
1: Yes, we lived through it together, and I remember talking to you in 1999
0: yeah. when Harrison
1: downloaded the provision of ambulance service to the municipalities, and uh, the city of Hamilton made the right decision by taking it in-house, given some of the options, other options that were available. Uh, ambulance service within the city of Hamilton, as with other municipalities, is funded at a 50% ratio hopefully that continues and I'm hoping we can meet that but in the meantime our increasing calls for emergency service by our elderly by our patients continues to grow the only the only leverage the city of Hamilton has is to provide the appropriate funding to make sure we have the sufficient number of ambulances to deal with increasing call demands at this point it's still a 50-50 funding split it would be horrific if that changed it would be horrific for the taxpayers of Hamilton. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, because that will saddle us with, with uh, an unbearable additional uh, tax cost bill.
0: Mario, is there still some uh, agreement uh, between yourself and management about about staffing levels here? Because uh, I know that you've been talking about this for quite some time, and and, and I know that uh, the, the manager, of course, uh, that's in charge of this whole program, uh, has been, I think, uh, sympathetic. He seems to be on the same page uh, when we're talking about some of these numbers. That's, we're talking about Michael Sanderson, of course, uh, from the city. But uh, it's going to cost money to do this sort of thing, and, and obviously this is going to be one of the challenges for the new council, I would think.
1: I think it will be, and our request for additional funding is not frivolous. Uh, it's backed up with data. Uh, Presently within the city of Hamilton, we have less paramedics per 1,000 residents. we we'll do more calls per 1,000 residents. So our costs are less than other comparable municipalities. Bottom line is our, our taxpayers get great value for money. And what I'm referring to is some of these measurements, some of these metrics that are identified for every ambulance service under the Ontario Municipal benchmarking initiative. So the data that I've given you is as a result of uh, that, that entity, the OMB, the OMDI. Um, So what we're, we're asking for is consistent with what the assessment of those metrics are. So they're not frivolous requests are, population demands continue, um, we have more complex medical cases, uh, we have an aging population, our call volume is scheduled to increase between 3 and 4% annually. You can't just blame this on the hospitals. You have to take, have to take account of the fact that your ambulance service has to have enough staff on, on a daily basis to deal with the call demand. And I know code zeros have, have, have been the marquee uh, data point But there's other measurements that aren't being talked about. And I'm referring to perhaps less emergent calls. We refer to them as priority three calls. Right now, 27% of our call volume constitutes those types of calls. Fractured hip, um, uh, head injury, uh, those types of calls, abdominal pain. Those patients have to wait. 10% of those patients are waiting up to an hour. That's not not what our elderly... um, should expect from their ambulance service. A contemporary ambulance service should be able to respond to all of the demands of its population, and in spite of the code zeroes, I, I hope the trend continues. I won't even call it a trend. I hope we see a continued reduction in code zeroes, but that does not fundamentally change the fact that our call volume, the other metrics within it, within our ambulance service, would require more frontline ambulances.
0: City Hall and, and, and the councillors, quite frankly, are playing a dangerous game here, and you've talked about these ratios in the past. Uh, you know, the, the ratio of paramedics to population is below the provincial average, and, and, and that's troubling. And not unlike, for instance, uh, police services. I mean, even our police ratio of, of, of officers to, to population is well below the provincial average. And, and I know the counselors are going to, you know, pat themselves on the back and say, well, we're saving money. But you're playing a dangerous game here uh, when you're doing that sort of thing, because in, in service situations or in emergency situations, we are by definition understaffed, aren't we?
1: We definitely are. And we have the data to support that. I'm a Hamilton taxpayer. Obviously, I don't want to see my property taxes increase. But I think this city council, this new council, will have the opportunity to grapple with some decisions and assess where their priorities are. And if it's not within emergency care, then where is it? Now, we occupy a very thin slice of the emergency services pie, even in comparison to police and fire. You know, Police, per, per average taxpayer, the cost is about $800 per uh, residential taxpayers. Mm-hmm. For fire, it's about $400. For EMS, $100. So clearly there's a disparity amongst the three emergency services. Um, keep in mind, we also are fortunate at this point in time to have access to 50% funding from the province. I think now is the time to take advantage of it because down the road, I'm not sure what this Ford government's going to do and it might completely remove or eliminate that levy that we presently enjoy. We need to staff up based on our call volume. Our demographics point to an increase in call volume. We can't let our, our elderly and our citizens down by having an inadequate number of transport amateurs to service their needs.
0: And, and just to reiterate what you've told us before, but I, I just want our listeners to, to, to understand exactly what this comes down to. Uh, because f- to get one extra unit, in other words, one extra vehicle, and of course have it properly staffed, uh, I think the ballpark figure you gave us, Mayor, is about a million dollars. Is that right?
1: Correct. Uh, one has probably gone north of one million right now. But that's the, you know, that's the harsh reality. That's what it costs to put an ambulance on the road, fully staffed, equipped for, 20, for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's the
0: reality. And as of today, anyway, uh, that's 50 cents on the dollar because the other 50 cents would be picked up by the province if, if in fact, the, the city council decided to go in that direction.
1: And we should take advantage of that very fact because we're not sure what the future holds with this government.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, we already know about projections for population here that this city is growing uh, at an incredible rate. Uh, The population is getting older, the population is getting bigger, uh, but we're not doing anything about our emergency services.
1: That's an undeniable fact, and we either address it head-on or we ignore it and face the consequences. And by facing the consequences, I think we're letting our citizens treat down by not providing them with the service that they deserve
0: now let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the hospital which of course is not something that's directly within our control I mean that's a hospital administration but my understanding is as obviously the the rules were that that your staff uh, had to wait there until that uh, that individual that was brought in by uh, by ambulance was either triaged or obviously you know put in the hospital or whatever some determination was made. Uh, I understand that this uh, the, the fl- they're a little more flexible about that now, that you can leave a little bit sooner?
1: I, I think, well, we have one hospital where we've piloted a program where it's turned fit to sit. So what that means is if our paramedics bring in a patient that they deem to be of a low priority, low medical urgency, then we can physically bring that patient over to the sitting area. Uh, those patients would be waiting longer to be assessed. But it would allow the paramedics, in theory, to move back onto the road to respond to the next 911 call, which is likely waiting. So, there's the, the initiative seems to show some promise at Saint Joe's. We'll see if it uh, if it's taken up by the Jervinsky and the Hamilton General. That's one element. And uh, you know, we as a service, I, I believe, have been very proactive in coming up with programs in order to reduce the demand of our service. We have community paramedics have a social navigator program. We're trying to preempt the number of 911 calls. But in spite of these programs, we have not been able to keep pace with this escalating call volume. And that's, you know, that's something that we have to be honest about and not try to just put band-aids and make promises about what the future looks like. The future is as follows. Hamilton is growing. That is a positive thing. We have elderly. That's a positive thing. They require assistance at a time in their life where they've paid through their taxes, through their their contributions. And I think we should not do a disservice to them by not allowing them to have an optimal contemporary ambulance service. We need more ambulances, Bill. Bottom line, we need more ambulances. In spite of some of these short-term successes, we need more frontline staffing.
0: Well, I'm going to pull in a report that you and I talked about about six or seven months ago, I think, uh, that talks, first of all, about those low-ratio numbers. And, And that's, as you say, that's fact. I mean, the numbers back that up but what happens as a result of that first of all you got p- staff that of course are way late in and ER is waiting until those p- the, the patients are triage. triaged rather. secondly you get burnout among your staff and and you've talked about this quite openly and a number of your staff have talked about this quite openly in the last little while that uh, you know they're working long hours sometimes without breaks uh, they get sick they get tired they have to take some days off and as soon as that happens you you that only makes the the understaffed a- aspect of this even more problematic
1: Absolutely, and we've never tried to make this issue about the paramedics themselves, but you've, you've definitely uh, raised the issue, and, and it absolutely does have an impact on the mental health, on the career longevity, and on the everyday working of paramedics who are continually uh, pummeled uh, in a high-call volume uh, service at the City of Hamilton. I think it's well known within the province and within the paramedic profession that two years working in Hamilton equals four or five years working in any other municipality. We have a blistering pace. Our medics keep up. They are a component of the service, and they cannot be ignored. The mental well-being, the physical well-being of our paramedics ought to be paramount, and I think the city councilors, and we have a new city council, so perhaps a fresh look can be taken at where their priority spending ought to be. And remember that the ambulance service that they presently have and any money they put forth is an investment. It's not an expenditure, it's an investment in the well-being of their citizens in the well-being of the paramedics that
0: serve the citizens. And this is the timely, obviously, because of, uh, of what uh, is happening. As you mentioned, the new council, they're going to be uh, sworn into their oath of office in uh, the first week of December and we're told that they're going to begin preliminary uh, hearings about the budget process for, for 2019. Uh, and and we, we, you've got to get into this conversation right now because this is going to be an important part of this.
1: I think so. And, you know, watching as an outsider, and I do follow local politics. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a Hamiltonian, and I, I have a keen interest in uh, our electorate. I think this particular council has probably the perfect combination of savvy experience, long-term councillors with what seems to be uh, very innovative, very smart, uh, very progressive uh, new councillors. So I think it's the perfect opportunity for us to uh, rejig the puzzle, and put the priorities where they ought to be, and hopefully uh, EMS, Ambulance Service, is at the top of their list, Bill. We'll make attempts as a union executive to reach out to them and hopefully give them some information that they consider as they contemplate where our scant resource dollars ought to go.
0: Well, I agree with your assessment. And, and I've, I've met the new counselors, of course. We had them all on the program on Monday night when we were broadcasting from City Hall. And, and the, the big plus that I see there, Mario, is they may be new to City Council, uh, but they're certainly not new to the community. And most of them, of course, are very, very active within the community. Uh, and that's a plus for them, too. So they, they they probably have some concept of what's going on here. And I know they're well aware of what's going on with Code Zeros. But uh, once you show them some of the numbers, and I have this discussion about staffing levels, uh, I'm hoping that they can actually see that, look, at something has to be done here.
1: I'm hoping. And as I said, I, I think we have probably, for the first time in a long time, the perfect combination of new but very smart, very community-minded uh, counselors, along with those that have been there for a significant period of time that no all the issues. You know, Tom Jackson, you know, Sam Marula, Chad Collins, even to a certain degree uh, um, Lloyd Ferguson. Um, so I think we have the perfect combination, which p- should present the perfect opportunity to once and for all, let's deal with uh, a progressive plan to make sure our ambulance service is fully staffed given some of the demands that we face today and we're likely to face tomorrow. The demographics point to an increased call volume. So let's deal with it now. Let's have a plan in place. And I think we just might have the right combination of counsel to deal with it. I should mention Brad Clark as well. He's obviously an old workhorse, and he's always been very articulate and very on point with respect to emergency services. So I'll add him in the mix. Hopefully I haven't missed anybody, but um, I'm looking forward to meeting with the new counselors to put forth what we believe is undeniable facts about where we ought to be as an ambulance service. And there is it will require some spending, some prioritizing of spending, which is an investment in the random service bill.
0: Well, we know that traditionally, I mean, we can go back historically on this. I know we're just about out of time here. But when we get into the winter months, call volumes do go up. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to be the you know the bearer of bad news, but, I mean, these numbers are probably going to fluctuate as a result. So cancel has to get on this quickly. Mario, as always, thanks so much for this. I know we'll talk about this again in the next couple of weeks. My pleasure. Thank you, Bill. Harry Postero, president of OPSU Local 26. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.